0: Welcome to another episode of Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm Justin Bazarra, I'm your host, and today I have with me my loving and caring significant other Deborah Micus. Hello. And today I have with us Kevin Clark and Lisa Spooner, the co-owners and co-founders of Homegrown GA Restaurant in Atlanta, Georgia. How are you guys doing today?
1: Awesome. Great.
0: And, uh, Kevin and Lisa, please tell us a little bit about yourselves, how you got into the restaurant business and a little bit about your journey on the way there.
1: Wow. Well, okay. Um, well, I'm Kevin Clark and it's been an amazing journey. Um, I, I grew up with my mom cooking. I mean, she was a stay home mom and my dad worked full time. So I somehow, was the one in the family that gravitated to the kitchen. So I um I loved to cook. You know, I didn't really have a direction of any sort. I wasn't much of the one to go to school. I didn't I tried college, wasted my parents' money, and uh, just, you know, eventually went to culinary school and from there all I've ever done is worked in restaurants. So, you know, my journey's been food but for other people and um, nine years ago Lisa and I decided you know we had opportunity at a little spot down the street from where we lived that was up for rent and we didn't know what we were doing (laughs) other than I knew how to cook and she knew how to balance and run a business the finances and we started this journey
2: Sounds like a good combo team in the making. <laughs> so that was the jumping-off point. You guys were like, "Hmm, yeah. maybe we'll just give this a try ourselves."
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, we had, you know, we had worked for other people, and you know, you just kind of, it was. I was to the point where I was like, "If I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it." You know, and you, not that I didn't enjoy it for other people, but you know, you you like things about it and you hate things about it, and it's like you know you can talk about it. But until you do it by yourself, you don't really know. And then you can make all the decisions. And if you make mistakes, you can't blame, you know, the owner this, the owner that. So, you know, it was it, it was just our time. I mean, the economy wasn't great. People thought we were crazy. Our parents thought we were making the really naysayers. big mistakes.
2: We always hear about the naysayers. There's always the people in your <laughs> lives who are like, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> I love it. And you guys are oh, like, yeah. yes, well, I mean, 100%, was- we're doing this.
1: It was uh you know we definitely not that they somewhat I mean I don't know if they so much said it to us that we could both tell I mean it was like they're like what in the hell I mean you know someone tell you I mean she was a school teacher I mean she's got her master's degree in education and you know her parents were like why did you waste your time doing this and now you're working in the food business so well, she can tell you more about that but you know and my you know my father, You know, he worked for corporate America and, you know, worked his way up and had never owned his own business. So, you know, for us to jump out on our own, in our own business, you know, I think the most difficult part about our, at least my family was they really couldn't give me advice. So it was like the first time in my life that you know my dad couldn't say or help me in some sort of way. You know, it was like you know, maybe your bills would be like this, but he really didn't have a clue. So, you know, when we got into it, we pretty much did it on our own.
2: That's really interesting. A lot of the entrepreneurs we hear from really have, uh, have a model from their childhood, whether it was an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, parents, siblings, whatever, who were entrepreneurs, who kind of got them, you know, wet their whistle a little bit, like, hey, and they could see a lifestyle or they could see being their own kind of boss. So interesting that you guys didn't really have that, that you guys were just like, hey, we really want to do this. And if now or never kind of a thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, my, I mean, my, my grandfather had a lumber company, but I wasn't close with them. You know, I just knew about it. It wasn't something that I saw or I was around, you know, and, and I think for Lisa and I, you know, luckily for us, I can say this, you know, we did talk to people earlier, like before we start, before we did homegrown and you, we would ask like, you know, other business owners, like, can you give us some advice? And I think the worst part about it for us was the advice was always terrible. Like, you better have a ton of money, you know, you're going to like, it was never like positive. And, you know, and I I remember, you know, we were talking about it and they would be like, screw that. Like, why are are people trying to like, do they want you not to do it? You know, is it like, it's the toughest thing you can ever do. Like we never had anybody give us positive, like this is what you should do and I'm here to help you. You're going to (laughs) come across things that are not going to be easy, but you know, we've probably come across it. Give us a call. You know, we didn't have that, and it was probably a couple of people that we talked to. And I, I remember finally, I was like, "You know what? We don't have a ton of money. You know, we don't have family money. Like, we don't have these things that people are saying you got to have." And and I was like, "Not everybody's got to have that. Right. Like, there's got to be a way to do it." You know, and and we <laughs> and we did it.
2: I, mean, I we think that's it, the ingredient, though. It's the idea that you you think you can. You know, everyone's like, "Well, there's this, there's that." That's why those people aren't doing it. But you're like, "There's got to be a way." And it's that tenacity and that desire to be like, "No, we got this. We can figure this out. We're smart people." You know, that's awesome. I love I love hearing don't, that. I, mean, I, I,
1: don't, I don't know I, mean, I don't know if smart people, but it <laughs> you know like I said I can cook. I just knew if the food tastes good. I mean that's half the battle when you go to a restaurant. I mean, we go out to eat a lot and it's like the food's terrible. Like Yeah and and the person spent millions of dollars for like the, the top architect the top, you know, designer architects and it's like, you know, you're kinda of losing the mark. Like, like you opened a restaurant, hopefully people would come for the food, but you spent all this money you know, and it's like we didn't have that we didn't have that behind us. So it was like we, we gotta just make sure the food's good. And everything else is gonna just have to fall into place. And and that was it. I mean, you know, we I mean, we didn't have a a business plan. We didn't have like this business model. You know, we're we're kind of you know, we, we talk about it now and, and think about it It's like we did things so fast backwards that most people would never do it. Like like how can you open a restaurant or a business and you don't have a business plan, which you know, you hear like you gotta have this map that's your business plan and you walk into the bank and you got to you know do research of the what people make in the neighborhood you know it's, it, <laughs> it gets complicated and right. you know if if that's who you think you've got to feed and what they want, I mean we would have never done it.
2: Well, I can tell you one thing I know for certain, having written many business plans, is they never work out the way you write them. And so I think the whole concept of writing one is that you've kind of thought through stuff, you've done projections, but the one known factor is it's not going to look the way that you designed it. It's going to pivot. You're going to have to. It's just going to be different. There are unforeseen consequences.
0: I think Deborah just stole my (laughs) exact thought. I'm like, business plans are a funny thing because you start off with something, and literally probably within the first two weeks of running that business, the whole thing's like torn to shreds because you're on the fly, and I think part of it is there's a huge advantage of just going and doing something and willing to learn on the fly
1: yeah well, I mean it's like I said my you know my father the only the only thing about this business that he tried to help us with was like water bill power bill you know you know payroll and you know he wrote it down and we kept it and it was like. I mean the numbers at the like it the funny thing is about those numbers that he wrote down it was like shit that looks expensive and it was like power bill $300 <laughs> payroll $1200 you know and you know we were we were paying a mortgage at the time which was you know $1500 a month that we barely could pay I mean you know we tried to we're like now we have double that like how are we going to make enough money to pay a mortgage a you know a lease on a business payroll power bill water bill well You know, when we (laughs) opened this business and like the first power bill and water bill and this and that came in, it was like six times what he wrote down. I mean, like, (laughs) blew our mean, You know, the heating and air didn't work. We had to get heating and air. And it was like $30,000. And it was like, what? You know, (laughs) all these things that we we had, no idea. I mean, I had to order a steam table and I remember it showed up and the guy showed up and the bill was like, $1,200. $1,200. I went and hid and I was like, Lisa, tell him to leave. Like, <laughs> how, do I, like how do I write a check for $1,200? And, and she said, do we need it? And I'm like, of course. She goes, then you get it. I mean, you know, we don't, we don't need to buy things we don't need, but if it's going to make our business run better, which I knew it was, you know, okay. but that's how we got into this. And which it sounds funny now. And even when I think about it, but we were so naive to, to the reality, I mean, we'd work for other people, but you know, you don't deal with the day to day and buying things and what things cost. And I'm glad I didn't. Okay. But, but you know, that we've done it. I've got a friend who just opened a restaurant, and I did everything in my power to be so positive and helpful in the way that I wish somebody would have been to me, you know, like, because you need someone to lean on. It's, you know, you just, it, it's hard.
2: Right. Although it sounds like you guys had that in each other. And that's awesome. And so and it's awesome, too, that as you guys are going down the road and finding your own success, that you're able to pass that, put it forward and help other people and, you know, be that role for them. Yeah, but so, I mean, that's
1: what I want. I want people to know you can do it. I mean, we did it. And I mean, I don't even know if I can even say this on here, but we did it so cheap. I mean, <laughs> And I'd ask other people. I had friends that open businesses, you know, 10 years prior, like what I know now that I've met. And I was like, what did it cost you to open your restaurant? Like, from the second you decided to do it to whatever money you spent to the doors open, you know, it's like 80, 90, 100, you know. I mean, I've heard a million, you know, numbers that blow me away. And, you know, for us, you know, we did it for a used car, <laughs> which is completely unheard of. I mean, so we didn't have that initial struggle of like, We got to make it like we got to pack it out. You know, we have to be busy and, you know, it allowed us to grow organically. I mean, we we literally built our business one customer at a time. Two customers turned into four. Yeah.
2: And. that's awesome, though. And I think that that organic growth and all of that stuff is what, you know, those top designers are trying to are trying to design. They're trying to design that into their places of the aut- authenticity, the whatever. But when you come by it honestly, there's no, you know, it it's just speaks its own voice. No,
1: you can't. To me, you just can't do that. Like, from the day we opened to the how it evolved, and it still evolves to this day, like, I'm glad we didn't try to design the whole place out from day one, like, let's try to make it look this way. I mean, we went from bare walls to, you know, meeting local artists to that local artist turning off to another artist to, I mean, you know, and that's how we covered our walls with art. Cause I didn't know, Lisa and I neither one, we didn't, we weren't in the art world and I wasn't about to go out and just buy a bunch of art to fill it, you know? So we met one artist who knew another artist, you know, and that's, so then we got into the art community, which now we're, huge in and you know so not only do we sell local artists you know but with social media I mean when they put new art up you know so like it's just this major organic crazy world that we got involved with that We didn't even know we were going to get involved in. Well, so
2: smart too. I mean, you're sitting there and you have a restaurant, but you bring in different artists and then they're telling people to come see their art, which is sending people to your new restaurant. And you guys are like helping each other out. So they don't have to pay some expensive gallery to get their artwork in and take a fraction of what it is they want to make on it. And so it's just, you know, totally cohesive the way you guys work together.
1: When you think about it, I mean that, you know, to get a little bit deep, but that's what life should be about. Like, you know, helping each other is there's nothing wrong with it. Like, you know, and I do find in the restaurant world that it's not always that way, you know, it's competitive and, you know, it's like, who's got the most Yelp reviews or, you know, like when they do best of the top 10 restaurants in the city, it's like, you know, it it gets tough. Like, you know, you gotta be in those top echelons of people or restaurants, or you feel like you're not busy or you're not part of the community. And, you know, you know for us we just we just want to feed people good food and be a part of the community help to be helpful, you know like a place where people want to come eat and you know we you know you 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 meet your neighbor um it's comfortable you know you don't have to have a ton of money to eat at our place I mean it's very affordable so
0: I think the one of the things that I really want to touch upon, especially with the audience and especially helping future entrepreneurs and and somewhat helping people where you weren't helped is there's a huge advantage in the disadvantage of not having money. And I really want to repeat that. There's a huge advantage in the disadvantage of not having money because as entrepreneurs, it forces us to maneuver and it forces us not to make big leaps at first because then we're not fully committed and we can adjust and we can pivot and we learn how to deal with customers and we learn how to deal with vendors and we learn how to build relationships because we don't have money to do it for us. And in that becomes right. our biggest advantage and it becomes the biggest growth lessons for us as entrepreneurs and it's hard. It it can suck sometimes and it can be downright just, you know, running from a vendor or running from a customer because you don't want to face them. I, uh, you know, running in the corner, I some days I feel like that every once in a while. But, um, you know, but well, you then know, having our, to face well, it, but, it, it's amazing. Go on.
1: Yeah, but, you know, for us, which we had, you know, some of the things that we did, did learn, which from other places we work, is... I mean for us we never did anything on terms. If we couldn't pay for it that day, from day 1 we were this way, then we're not going to get it. You know, and you know, you get these big comp like people give you 30, 60, 90 days and you don't you don't really realize which other places I've worked when you order every day from a company and you're 30 days in, I mean, it's like there's $10,000 bill shows up where we pay we literally like you said started with nothing very very small amount of money. I mean, it's crazy. But if we couldn't, like if each day, if we didn't need it from the day before, we just didn't order it. And, you know, Lisa would say, we are not can't write any checks today. You know, stuff's got to clear, you know, you know, business has got to pick up. And we always found we had enough in-house. But I mean, I I think what you're saying about not, not having it was probably the best thing for us. Because right. it it made, it made every day that much more important and we you know at the beginning it was day to day like we each day was just a new day and if we had enough to get through that day that was enough
2: well and it's really quite perfect i mean cuz really the longer the terms people give you it's just the longer rope they're giving you to hang yourself because like you said right. i mean they give you longer terms when that bill finally comes it's that many days times that you know so it's just a huge bill sure. and if you're not really good with finances and saving and knowing what you've been spending you can very quickly get yourself upside down where you can't fix it.
1: Right. And I mean, when it comes, I mean, we all know when it comes to restaurant people, we're not, I mean, it's, it's a different breed. I mean, I know I am like, you know, <laughs> it's not, I'm not one to like balance a checkbook. I mean, you know, I I could easily just spend it, but you know, luckily for me, I do have Lisa who,
2: Yay, Lisa, <laughs> <laughs> who control, you know, and
1: it really did. I mean, I tell people, they go, oh, we love your restaurant. I said, listen, it's not, there, there's two sides of this restaurant. It's the, the the side that you see that I'm walking around talking and the food. I go, but Lee, who's upstairs, who's who's paying the bills and, you know, what she's doing upstairs is, I say, way more important. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, exactly. Like, <laughs> it's, it's very, very important that you that you know I mean it's still a business you know that's what I've had to learn it I mean people are in business to make money I mean you have money coming in and money going out so you know I've had to learn I mean I'm the worst I'm a I'm a spender I like to buy and do but you know luckily (laughs) I know she hasn't said much but Lisa keeps it (laughs) keeps it real and you know we've been successful because of that
2: that's awesome so how long have you guys been at this when did this all begin
1: uh, June. Well, we, it was June 2010. We, uh, well, I mean, we, we actually got homegrown in May. I mean, in April of the same year. It took us what April, May, June, well, April, two and a half months from the day we got it to the day we, well, the day we opened, and that was about all the money we had.
2: I mean, that's a pretty Which, fast turnaround to do your build out and get ready to open the doors. Well, and... <laughs> I mean, it was a big,
1: it was an existing business. Uh-huh. It was a restaurant and. Uh, it was in a family for 40 something years wow. and the son was over it and it was an old greasy spoon you know it's got hard to it's awesome i mean you know it's it's the kind of place that gets torn down and a high rise and new stuff gets put up i mean but he just had enough and he turned 50 and he locked the doors and he put up for rent and lots of i mean what i heard later was most all the top restaurants and restaurateurs and chefs all looked at it when we were looking at it but it just needed a ridiculous amount of work and back to being naive we had no idea <laughs> you're I, like you know, great we did, we'll take it <laughs> we didn't bring in our designers and our whoever it was like oh we, you know it's going to cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars to just get it up to open i mean we walked in and it was like Oh, there's a hot buffet line. I'll use that. I mean, I was, you know, cuz was <laughs> it was just turnkey. He was all the equipment, everything in it could be kept and used. So it was like, perfect. You know what? I can make this Tables work. Chairs. Right. So, you know, and once we got into it, I mean, there was a little more to it and luckily I had we had some neighbors who who did plumbing, who did a who did just minor stuff and we like I said on a major shoestring budget, which we had very little we got it open and used what we had and couldn't use things. And it was the, I guess it was the, un, like the not knowing allowed us to do it.
2: So did you basically walk in, look around, say, okay, this is the equipment we have. And with that, I'm going to build my menu or, you know, cause obviously well, not every okay. kitchen can make every food. We were opening. We didn't have a menu. I, Pro- yeah. Until like three hours before we opened. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, I, and I see that might have been one of the items in Lisa's reward for helping you with the restaurant is the spooner soup.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's her soup. But, I mean, that's how we did it. It was like, let's just get open. It's going to be – I mean breakfast, eggs, bacon, grits, fruit, You know, lunch. We'll do mashed potatoes, gravy, pork chops or – I mean the menu – at the beginning the menu changed every day and it still does to this day we changed something different items what's in season so we did that from the beginning it was like let's just see what will work and see what people want so we every day did something different if it was a a chicken dish and a pork dish but i mean we probably started with seven different dishes and we do breakfast all day but i mean what do people like for breakfast i mean it's eggs bacon biscuits you know it's southern biscuits and gravy so We literally opened and it was, this is going to be the menu and let's see who wants it. And then the next day we changed it. And the next day we changed it until we, the menu probably over the first year developed.
2: That's kind of cool though. You know, just slowly keep being like, okay, this is a really good seller. We're going to keep this one on. And hey, they, you know, let's try something new. Not so good. We're going to pick something different and just keep going until you're like, okay, these things are all really, you know, the customers love it.
1: And I mean, you know what? And the crazy thing is, I do not think that we ever put something on the menu that didn't sell like we weren't something like that was a waste. I mean, I mean, we've had from fried quail to we did frog legs for a while. I mean, you know, and and it was fun for me being a chef. I would just be like, let's just try it. And, you know, but we'd see the same people every day. I would use these bring it out here. Try this why don't you try this what do you think and then you know it just or something i would be eating like i mean there's kevin's breakfast on the menu there's grant you know there's different items that just that sounds crazy and people would order it and we put it on and i mean we've done i mean the funny thing is there's items we've done tv shows about that crack us up because it was like oh my god that was just a random thought that we came up with and now we're doing the best thing i ever ate you know on the cooking channel or You know, Anthony Bourdain's talking about the comfy chicken biscuit. I mean, it's just you just.
2: You're like, why not? It's fun. I mean, it's 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 a passion of yours. It's something you enjoy doing, and it's cool that you let it reflect in your menu by bringing out new stuff all the time. And I'm sure the your customers love it too because they're always up for a new you know something to sample.
0: Yeah, and I want to pause for a second. to tell everyone they should go look at these menus. They're on homegrownga.com because I'm just like, they're phenomenal, phenomenal items. I mean, I have them printed out in front of me because we're doing the podcast, but I'm sitting here like, and as you mentioned, the comfy chicken biscuit, I'm like drooling or the Kevin's breakfast, and they're amazing. And I just, um, I think it's so well done. I can see why. Um, Things are on there. The award, one it, award-winning our award-winning sloppy Joe that's 100% vegan. And...
1: Yeah. But, you know, it's like we're not reinventing the wheel. I mean, we're not – I'm not trying to, like, change. It's just, you know, the, the food that we produce at Homegrown and the feel we produce is just comfort. You come in, you feel like you're at your grandmother's place, you feel like you're at your home growing up, I mean, and then you order. And then it's just, like, the food that you would have cooked in your kitchen with your grandmother or your mother. I mean, it's just very straightforward – you know, it's it's not like you read the menu one way and it comes out another. I mean, it is it, so exactly what it is that, you know, I think that that's what people want. You know, I, I mean, I get tired of going out and you read a menu and it says this and you get that. I mean, we just had lunch today and it read one way and it came out another. And right. it's like and it happens often. I mean, you know, it's just it's just the way that, like, you know, not, it just happens. And but. You know, we just like I said, we just tried to. We just kept it simple, and like I mean, I said I came from fine dining, so my initial transition to like comfort food was hard for me because you know, in the fine dining world, it's like the plate's got to be a specific plate, and the wine glass has to be a specific wine glass, and if you don't buy the certain brand, you know, it's like before you've even done the food, you've spent all this money for what you think people want, and. You know, we learned quick because, I mean, we were sitting one day in the restaurant and we're looking over and we could see bag in the box, which is how Coke and Sprite come. And it was just sitting on a on a rack right across the counter where the customers sit. And I remember we were going back and forth and I, and I was like, Lisa, if people don't come, come don't come eat here because of that, we're never going to make it. Like, I don't want to be that place. Like, you know, it shouldn't be about that. Like, oh, look. You know, they must have spent a ton of money on you know this, that, and the other. It's just you come in and it's just comfortable, and you, and you feel welcome, and you don't have to worry about if you're wearing the certain thing or you're dressed a certain way. I mean, you you can literally walk into Home Run in your pajamas and you would feel in place.
0: <laughs> Deborah might just do that next time we're in Atlanta. Actually, she I loves know, wearing sweatpants and pajamas well, everywhere.
2: We we uh, work from home a lot of the time, and so it's very easy to just you know kind of stay in your sweatpants all day it's very comfortable (laughs) right
1: Right. but but isn't that comfortable I mean don't you feel comfortable like that I mean that's how it should be why not go out and be
2: comfortable of course well so you know so you guys have been doing this almost nine years now and so what does the future look like for you I mean what are your goals and aspirations Um, do you guys have ideas of where you want to take this or you know what we Homegrown
1: has done more for us than I know I, me, and I'm sure Lisa, we ever expected. Like, the people we've met, the business that we do, I mean, and that we get everything out of life that we could possibly ever need. And, you know, we, we've we been asked, you know, we'd like you to be our, you know, anchor to this place or You know, we have locations and more locations and more locations. You know, and I got friends that have opened multiple places. You know, I just, for me, and I'm sure Lisa was saying It's like, it's great, but it's, it is so hard, like, mentally and physically, like, what we've just gone through in the nine years, just with our business, that, like, I don't, you know, physically, I don't think we could do it.
2: Right. You're in your groove. You've like figured and out I'm what happy. works. and yeah, a yeah, happy
1: place. I you know, it. and I mean, I, I, I know I could, op- I know we could open a homegrown in every city, in every town across the country, but I can't clone me and I can't, cl- we can't clone her. Right. And, you know, and it's just, we've accepted it. You know, we, we hit a market, we hit a thing and it, we hit a grand slam and we're fine with it. We're fine with one.
2: That's awesome, um, though. You guys love what you're doing. And, you know, and I get that. There's, you know, there comes a point in your in your career. I mean, I know I had a point at one time about possibly growing a company I had. And, you know, it was like, well, what would that mean? What it would mean ultimately was time away from my kids. I maybe make more money, but I might spend more on hiring people to do it because it was further away. And I was just like, the cost benefit at that point to me was not worth it. So I get the the juggle of like, is it worth doing? Because if it's not going to increase your life, in some way, is it worth all the effort? And some people love having multiples and their energy, you know, really needs that. But, you know, if you find the thing that works for you guys and it fits great, then that's awesome. Yeah. And it's,
1: you know, and and like I said, we've come to terms with it. I mean, we, people ask us and we talk. I mean, I have people ask me all the time and I'll meet with them and it's like, because it's usually like, why don't you come up with another concept? And I'm like, why? Like, why would I want to try to like, do something that I don't really know about when I know everything about this. Like, if I ever did a second or third, I mean, if it ever happened, it would be a homegrown. I would just do the exact same thing. I mean, I know the food. I mean, I don't think one place would be different, but it, it's something that we haven't. And we moved. I mean, we lived in the city right by the restaurant, and we moved out to the country just for our personal well-being. Like we needed it. We needed just
2: alone time,
1: country, and just. I mean, we literally live in the woods, and we love it.
2: <laughs> it sounds I, nice. I was
0: hoping that when you were talking about shoestring Budget, you weren't saying you got rid of your mortgage and moved into the restaurant. I was worried we were oh. going down that path.
1: <laughs> no, but I mean, we, I mean, I'm just saying, like, we opened, I mean, when I say a shoestring, like, like a used, nice car. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... I mean, that's, you know, and some, you know, like I said, we've talked to people about it before and we just got lucky and we rolled the dice and it worked.
0: So I want to talk a little bit about, I see on your, um, on your menus that you, you know, how you get your suppliers. I see the Riverview farms, which we've talked about on a previous podcast actually, and Emerald City, uh, bagels and Dew South pickles, as well as Bramlett farms and Gum Creek farms. How you know, how do you choose your ingredients and your products and what standards do you use? I mean, you obviously have success in your restaurant if people are coming to you, asking you to expand. Um, so how do you go about that and what's your thought process there?
1: You know, the, it, it's funny you ask because all those, every single one of those are friends. They start out as friends. The shrimp, my, the we get our shrimp, well, you didn't mention shrimp, but native seafood, which who we get our... I don't think it's even on our menu, but that's who I get my shrimp from. He's a young kid out of Savannah from a small town or south of Savannah, and he would come up to Atlanta, you know, peddling the shrimp. That's all he does. Well, a customer was at a U-Haul facility, and he showed up with his truck, and he was like, you need to go see my friend Kevin at homegrown. So Timmy shows up, and he was a nice – I mean just a super nice kid that just just trying to make it. So I've been buying for him for nine years. Um, Do South Nick Melvin, friend of mine, started a pickle company. You know, um, Bramlett Farms. A, a server of ours worked at another restaurant, and I was like trying to find a good trout supplier. Well, it's a it's a family run. It's a it's farm raised, but it's as naturally raised as possible. I mean, they live on a valley. Um, you know, they raise them. They. We get it every week. You know, they catch the trout. We get 25 a week. So every purveyor that we use, I guess what I'm saying is they're friends. They end up being friends. Like, you know, so when I call and place an order, it's not just always talking about, hey, I need this. I mean, it's, you know, we try to do business with people that we like. And if we don't like them, we don't do business with them.
2: I think that's a great model. (laughs) That's pretty awesome, right? Because then you're, you're feeling good about your products. You're, you get to promote theirs. And I think it's really cool that you put them on your menus and, so that if people ever see those brands elsewhere, they're like, oh, wait, that's also at Homegrown. And, you know, it's cool. Yeah. You're kind of cross-promoting well, for them.
1: And the cool, I, I think the really cool thing about it is, is all those different brands are usually only known for being in, like, the fine dining establishments. You know, it's it, it's not like you're going to Waffle House and you read, oh, there's Bramlett Farm Trouts, <laughs> River Farm Sausage. You know, they're they don't care. I mean, they're it's the the bottom line there. They're using whatever's going to be the cheapest to get it. On, you know, whatever. But you know, for me being a diner or us being a diner, a very simple restaurant, and people come in and they're like, you know, I just spent, I had dinner last night at Buckinella and it was three hundred dollars for the two of us. And I got the trout dish, and it was $45. Now I'm at homegrown, and they got the same trout, but it's actually the whole trout, and it's it's not even a quarter of the price. Like, you know, we don't have that overhead of, of all, you know, and that's what I love. Like, we can use the exact same product, and we can make money on it, and we don't have to charge a ton of money for it. I mean, and it's funny that I say that because I understand, you know, the fine dining. You know, you're paying for the chef and the sous chef and the – the Rydell glasses and but you know, it, it prides us that I can use that exact same product and give it to customers that are never going to the fine dining establishment that they come to our place and they get to eat that exact same trout that they would never order off the other menu and and they love it. Right. Or the pork, you know, Riverview Farms, you know, we use them. I mean it's it is a little bit more expensive, but it's just a it's a top shelf item. I mean you know, and it's local. I mean, we're supporting a local, but, you know, it's like helping our economy. So and people people ask now, you know, like, where do you get, you know, where does most of your stuff come from? And, you know, we can pretty much say it's, we use as much local as we possibly can.
2: Yeah, I love that trend. It's things that, you know, we're definitely seeing more and more of, you know, the whole locally grown, sustainably grown uh, or locally sourced, sustainably grown. And, you know, people are really wanting to support their own economies and whatnot. So that's cool that you guys do that. You know, also, as you are talking about the price and stuff, I see on your menu that you offer two prices, regular and blue collar. Do you want to share with the listeners, the difference for the two? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it's just like a blue plate. Like when we started, you know, it's,
1: it's funny you see the two prices. Most people only get the blue, and you know we—I think we've talked about just just doing that. Meaning, it comes with a drink, a side, um, a cornbread. It's it can be a smaller portion, but generally, our even our small portions is a ton. I mean, we give large portions, so it's just like a full size meatloaf. If if it was on the menu, would be you just get two pieces of meatloaf at that price. But if you do a blue, you get a piece of meatloaf. A side, which can be collards, um, a bean, mashed potatoes, gravy, cornbread, and a drink. So the 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 lower of the two prices is just a, a like a value meal.
2: Perfect. Um, it's so funny too, you know, hearing about sizes it's always an interesting thing because some places you go and it's just, especially the nicer, the restaurant, the smaller, the portion size and, you know, and so it's not only do you guys have generous servings, but it's also of like the higher quality ingredients. So it's bonus all the way around. Right.
1: And that, you know, and you know, when we dealt with that, you go eat and you leave and you're still hungry. I mean, you know, it's funny. It's always the joke like, oh, I just spent $300 and on the way home, I had to go to McDonald's to be full. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's mean, us with Taco, Taco Bell, right? <laughs> and that you know, and that's just the way it is. And I understand, you know. I'm I, like I said, I'm glad we do what we do because I love our food. And when people eat there and they leave, I can, you know, I'm, I'm for sure you're not going to believe hungry. There's no way. And if somebody does, then it's not my fault. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're like I did my part. <laughs> right. That's awesome. So, you know, as, as looking at the the road you've been on and all that you've been through and, you know, what would you guys tell the younger version of yourselves or, you know, as you have people asking you what they should do when they go into business, what's the advice that you pass on to people? I mean, you know, I think the advice I would give is just
1: surround yourself with positive people. You know, there's going to be those who are, like I said, who, are are gonna make it sound like you shouldn't do it but i mean in the end you know if if you love what you do which you know like i said i love food so much that i knew i could make it at least taste good but you know you need to just you know like for me luckily i had we had had lisa on my side you know it's important to have someone who's going to help you financially um but, I mean, you know, when you, when you say about the younger side, I mean, when I was younger, I didn't listen to anybody. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. and, I, and I still probably don't a lot. And, you know, it's I guess the main thing is life is short. I mean, it's going to come to an end. Like we live in a country where any and every opportunity is is there for anybody. Like I don't care. I mean, like I said, we did it with nothing in a time where you think everything's expensive. And it is. I mean, you can find it. I mean, you can do whatever you want and, I mean, and be successful at it. It's not going to be easy. I mean, you know, people even to this. I mean, especially now are like, oh, we'd love to invest in your business. Or, and you, I'm like, you know what? We didn't know you nine years ago. <laughs> I mean, there was nobody knocking on our door to give us money and not that we would have taken it. Um, but, you know, it's – it. I, I just – the only thing – I try to t- teach my niece that. I'm like, you're 17 years old. I go – do whatever you want because you can do it. You know, it's
2: yeah, the limit. Well, I
1: just, like I said, like too short. you know, if you aren't happy with what you do, you got, I mean, it's not worth it. I mean, I just, I'm, I was never that type. I, you know, my, my, I think my parents thought I was crazy when I got into culinary, you know, cause my father was a businessman and went to school and worked his way up the corporate ladder. I just couldn't do it. I mean, I'm not, I can't play the game, I guess. I'm, I'm, I'm who I am. At work, at home, I'm all. You know, I try to just. I'm just the same. I don't need to turn it on and turn it off.
0: Yeah, I um, I want to touch upon something also because I've seen this throughout the many years we've been food entrepreneurs and through the many business ventures I had. Is it's so interesting how many people chase you down or 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 come to you when you're successful and want to put money in or when you don't need it anymore or want you to grow your business when you don't need their help anymore. Yet those people are never around when you're actually starting and actually could use the help. Um, I always find that interesting. And you talked about it a little bit with even just giving advice, how competitive people are. They don't want a new person in the market and they don't, you know, and they don't want to help, but people don't realize there is partnerships. One that can happen early on. I mean, I see you're doing it with your friends and we talked about do South pickles and, and um riverview farms etc but i think from the money standpoint i always find it so interesting that what comes out of the woodwork um during those times and i will say in my own experiences those people that come to you during the successful times the minute something starts going wrong they're the first ones who who want to get out and want their money out and and want to flee on you and i think I really just want to make that point that if you built it yourself, there's no reason to bring someone else in to help you continue to build it. Um, I think that's, you know, unless there's really a partnership there, or there's really a friendship and a trust that's taken place um, to do that, I think that may be a different scenario. But I know in my own experience, I've had partners come in and out. And usually if I bring them in after the success and then something goes wrong. They're the first ones running and blaming uh, everyone else for everything. So yeah. um, I just well, want I mean, to touch like, on that I for sure. We were there
1: from the beginning. I mean, when there was no success, we, there was no, like, we weren't, I mean, literally, I mean, not that we're somebody now, but we were a nobody. I mean, nobody knew Kevin or Lisa or Homegrown or the Comfy or the Grant Stack. or I didn't know the Grant. I didn't know any. I mean, we literally, you know, and I. And I think it's been a complete benefit to us that we were able to do it this way. And the reason I say that is we're in the day and age now where before you ever open, you've already been Yelp reviewed, you've already been write ups by all the critics. So, you know, like the, before you even open, everybody knows who you are, what you're going to do, what you've done. So, I mean, the expectations are so high that you don't have time to like figure it out. Where, like, for us, we didn't have a following. We didn't have – nobody knew anything about us. It was like this restaurant's been here 40-something years, and all of a sudden now it's green and white. There's a new science that's homegrown. Are they selling weed? Is it – you know, (laughs) what are they – I mean, that literally was the first person that ever walked in. They were like – and we're like, I mean, we're in Georgia, and no, it's not legal, and it's nine (laughs) years ago. No, we're not. It's We're not all of a sudden – and that's how people – you know – the buzz that we got was like, what is this place? Like, what is homegrown? You know, so. The logo you know, just...
2: with the fork and the coffee and the egg didn't give it away. <laughs> no. Well, people just read the name. You know, yeah, they didn't I... look at that. All right.
1: But, I mean, you know, it's, I, I, you know, we, the expectations were just not, we didn't have. and but, I guess like you were saying, again, about the people coming with money. The people that have come to us, I would never spend a second. With them. I mean, they have, I know who they are and I know how they do it. And, you know, it's kind of people that some people would jump up and down that they even talk to them about giving them money. But, you know, we make our decisions, we, you know, good or bad, but it's all on us. And we love it that way.
0: Yeah, we talk about that a lot is having your own control over your own company and remaining flexible. It doesn't matter how big or successful you are. Having the ability to steer the ship and being able to pivot when you need to or add items or take them away or adjust things or, you know, without having to go to another party. I I mean, it's a huge advantage, especially in food. You have too many, you know, chiefs and not enough Indians, as the saying would go.
2: Yeah. Too many Um,
0: chefs in the kitchen. Too many chefs in the kitchen. (laughs) Right. Right. It, it never works out well, and I, you know, so I really, you know, major props to the way you guys are doing things. I think it's important, and it's important for the audience to hear that remaining true to your own ideas and, and each other, and pursuing the relationship Of food and of the restaurant and of each other without bringing in outside parties is the best way because no one's going to do it like you do and certainly no one's going to put in the blood, sweat and tears that you guys do who are invested from the very beginning. And that's where the money, you know, a right. million dollars may look great to start your business, but it's not going to give you the same experience as, you know, $50,000. It's not going to give you the same bond with someone as $50,000. You're not going to have the same hardship, the same stories, the same lessons that you learn that actually keep you open for, you know, 50 years if you wanted them there. You know, if you wanted to own right. the business. I mean, I would
1: long. never change. I mean, we I would never, I mean, there's, I can't look back at, our business and be like how oh, we should have done this or what I mean I think every hiccup and every you know thing business wise that came along with it I mean has been learning you know I mean from the good ones to the bad I mean we've learned a lot I mean it's you know still to this day it's you know we still learn I mean it's not like we've oh we figured it out I mean you know it's 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 hard but you know it, I'm glad that the way we did it
2: So what do you guys do for advertising? Like, how do you get your name out there? Or, I mean, it sounds like you definitely have a local following of people who are your regulars, but. And that's what, I mean, it's so,
1: I love that you asked that because we would get calls from other business owners going, "Who, who does your PR? Like, who's your PR company? And we would laugh, like, we don't pay anybody. We would never pay for PR. We've never paid for PR. I would never pay for advertising. You know, cause when we first opened, we got hit up, it was like city search and I can't even remember who they were, you know, and they were like, you know, we have a database of, you know, half a million people that, you know, we'll make sure you'll get a huge flow of people. And, you know, we're like, no, like it, it's organic. I mean, we literally, you know, with Facebook and Instagram and just word of mouth, that has been it. I mean, you know, we, we, we got to know our customers who you know, now when people come in, they say, "I'm in here because she told me to come in," or, you know, it's just been literally more pray, more word of mouth is how we, and 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 we became, for me, which was it blew my mind, like we became like a culinary hub, like all all the chefs from the fine dining restaurants were now our customers, <laughs> and it was like that's awesome, like, right? And but but you know, coming from fine dining and knowing what it was like. Like this cutthroat, you know, chefs not getting along with chefs because, you know, your restaurant was one and mine was five. And, you know, the the new Kessler ad was coming out. And if you weren't in the top 10, you were not, you know. And then it was like, I don't want to be in that group. I just want to be I want to be in a restaurant. I mean, I want a restaurant to be serve good food. And I'm not trying to, like, be this cutting edge. And next thing you know, we're in these lists. You know, we're feeding the chefs of all these restaurants that I'd been around for years. Go, you know. So, and, and, and so culinarily wise, the word of mouth got around because of these people. I mean, I remember, I mean, we, Kevin, we did, I mean, you know, Kevin Gillespie from Top Chef. I mean, he's a local, you all know Kevin Gillespie? Yes. So, so he's a local, I mean, he's a local, but he's national. I mean, he's, you know, got quite a name, but he became a regular customer. He's got a dish on our menu. You know, we catered his wedding,
0: you know, it was like,
1: so you just don't know, you know. I, I think like you said you're true to yourself, and you, I mean, and this is the food I was supposed to do. Like I didn't know it until I did it.
2: Well, it sounds like I mean, really, you guys have been true to yourselves the whole way through, from not purchasing anything until you had the money to do so, to you know, putting th- items on the menu and letting your menu actually even develop over a year, and you know, letting you have creative freedom by continually changing your menu on a daily basis and i mean you guys have just been true you guys are kind of no nonsense, no nonsense and you know who you are and you let that shine through you know in every aspect of your business and i think that continuity is you know obviously something people are attracted to and obviously the quality of your food so i mean that's huge like so many people work so hard to like market themselves and do whatever and you guys are just like well our our food speaks for itself that's awesome yeah. yeah, and, and I, I
1: would, and, you know, even, but even through this podcast, I mean, I would say if someone's listening, they can reach me. They can reach out to us, and and ask any question. I mean, because I mean, I can say we did it, and we did it for nothing, which we've said over and over. But you know, sometimes people people need to hear that. Like, if you really want to do it, you can do it, and I, I don't care who it is. I mean, I, I try to tell anybody I ever, I ever come. I don't care where we're at. And we start talking food, and they're like, I've always wanted to open a restaurant. I'm like, you know what? You can pick my brain. Here's my card. You can email me. Here's my cell number. You can call me. You know, and not that it happens. I mean, it's probably happened twice. But sometimes you just need that, like, somebody who's done it, like we've done it. But, and I'm like, you can ask me any question. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm open. I'm completely open for you. You know, a lot of times you you see people who have made it, and you're like, they're on a whole other level than I am. I'm afraid to ask. I'm like, I, I will answer and I will be as positive and I will be a support as best I, I can. You know, cause I think it's needed. I think people need that sometimes.
0: Yeah. And I, I think you hit on something very important is people need to go out there and ask the questions. And if someone, th- if they say no, they're not going to help, then fine. That person says no, but there's plenty of people I believe that are out there, probably less yeah. than there are people that aren't willing to help. Cause I know there's lots of them, which is one of the reasons we're doing this podcast because I feel there are people out there um, that want to help people and want to pass it on and want there to be success in, in food and want there to be success through um, other people and helping people is a form of success in my opinion. And, and I, I love that you guys are doing it. So I wanna while we're just quickly, I, how do people get a hold of you guys if they hear the podcast? If I mean, can you give your email address out on on the radio yeah. or I mean on the podcast?
1: Yeah, my my email's Kevin at homegrown dot com. And it goes to Lisa. So, you know, that's my personal email. And like I said, I I mean I'm all about helping. I mean I you know, even if it's just you know, I'm Just about to sign a lease, and uh, you know what, y'all done sounds exactly what I'm doing. I mean, sometimes you just need that, like, somebody to hold your hand and be like, you know, I've been there because we've been there, and it's not not that we've been open that long. I mean, I mean, the long nine years,
2: years, that's a success for sure. (laughs) No, 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 I know. I mean,
1: what I'm saying, it feels like we opened just yesterday, but when I say it like 10 years, I'm like, God, I mean, this is the longest job I've ever had,
2: (laughs) (laughs) you know, so yeah. It sounds like you but guys are on track job, to be like, like the last restaurant you 're going to have forty three years there right I know I wish, but we'll you see. never know it'll it'll <laughs> time will tell time will tell
0: definitely no and it, I mean the organic thing also uh, the social media the everyone thinks that everyone can market your business and market and do it well, and while there 's businesses out there and they attract people with coupons and and whatever incentives there are when people do it themselves. I mean, social media is so easy to use right now and it's so easy to put it out there and people can tell when it's not the actual owners or the people not putting the messages out there and they're using third parties. And, you know, I know there's a whole business out there and people that rely on social media, people and marketers to do, do that. But the success that we've seen and in and especially in food and beverages is when people go out there and they tell their own stories or they let the food tell the stories or they're there with the people one customer at a time, like you said, make building that relationship and that's huge. you just don't you don't get that anywhere else. And we've kind of lost track of that in the internet age and and the world flattening and being able to outsource to India or whatever everyone does. But the reality is, is the successful businesses, the ones that we've seen and the people that really last a long time and that care about their business and their business does have the longevity is that they are connecting with people. They're, they're, they're putting the time in they're They're telling their own stories and they're letting their effort, their work and their friendships and the authenticity and vulnerability that we've talked about on this show really be the thing that shines out there. So I, I really love that you're saying that because I feel that way myself. And it's for me, you know, even doing this show, it's great for me to hear it because I'm like, this is how I feel. You know, and this is what I believe in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it's free. (laughs) I mean, you know, there's not much out there that's free anymore. I mean, when it comes to your business, you know, it's like you want coupons or you want, you know, customer cards. You got to pay for that. I guess social media to me and, and, you know, of course you get, you know, get more followers, which we're like, we don't care. I mean, it it doesn't, (laughs) whatever. I mean, you know. You know, luckily for us, which, you know, how we get to watch it, which is crazy is, you know, we do have famous people that come in every now and again and you post a picture and it's amazing. You know, your daily post will be four or five, six hundred. And then, you know, Bill Clinton comes in and it's like 19, 20. You know, like, it's amazing <laughs> how it works, because it, that's how it really works. If, if, if you can you can't figure out what people want to see. I mean, you know, for us us it's like we've had cars run into the building you get a ton of traction from it um, we had our sign <laughs> it's funny we had our sign we had a big windstorm and our sign that we that has been at the restaurant for probably forty years and we put our homegrown in it well a big windstorm came in and it fell over you know the local tv station's like can we use that and it's like <laughs> you just don't know you know and they use it and so they're showing it on their website and but it's all free you know it's just it's just trying it's it's when you become part of the community and
2: so your greatest, your greatest successes on social media have been a car running into your building and your sign being blown down. That's awesome. I love that. Oh, and the president coming in.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. It was, was, was crazy. I mean, Lisa and I were in New York and we get a phone call from one of our managers. And they're like, um, Bill Clinton just walked into the restaurant. We're like, whatever. And it was a Saturday, and we're crazy busy. I mean, we're busy, but weekends are crazy. Well, you know, he did. And he walks in and goes, like, into the kitchen, and it was like like a movie. I mean, <laughs> like, what we saw. It's surreal saw
2: for sure. And
1: it was just like – because for us, homegrown is just an extension of our house. I mean, if you came to our home, you would feel the exact same way as you did if you walk into our restaurant. So it's like these people are walk, coming to our house. You know, right. like not that they're that much any important to anybody else, but you know, you just you know about. I mean, anyway, so the social media, yeah. but it helps. I mean, people come in because of it. You know, people want to go to places where they see good-looking food, or you know, it could be a random mix of people showing up, and and that's kind of been our something something great about what our place. We have every walk of life.
2: So, I wanted to ask you guys, um we've talked about a lot of different things, but I wanted to ask you about um employees. I mean, you guys do breakfast, you do lunch, do you do dinner too? I know you do catering no, just breakfast just breakfast and lunch okay, yeah,' because there has to be time to like have alone time, but so no you have breakfast, dinner. you have lunch, you do brunches, and then you do catering right? right okay so and what about staff like how many employees do you have in Tell us a little bit about like how you you know have selected the people who work for you. I'm imagining that they too are your friends, seeing as though you really you know you enjoy know, staffing, that.
1: <laughs> staffing is
2: by far the toughest part
1: when it comes to back of the house. front of the house, we have a set crew. I mean they built like they've been with us for years. Um, the kitchen. I don't know what it is. is by far the toughest, and I'm not the only one. When it comes to you know other friends in the business deal with the same thing. I mean, we have a great kitchen staff. It's just hard to have. I mean, that super strong crew that when I came up seemed to to seem to be that way. Now people will just coming. People just leave for no reason. So you know, when it comes to staffing, it's it's probably the toughest part.
2: Is our, it just keeping it, it staffed
1: or? Well, just people to stay. I mean, we do breakfast, so you got to be up at six, like five o'clock to be at work at six. So, I mean, it's hard to find people who want to get up early. Right. You know, and I never really thought about that, but, you know, I tell people, you know, I probably wouldn't have worked at homegrown when I was younger because I like to go out at night. And, you know, to, to get up at, to be at work at 6 a.m., I mean, that's early.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: But, I mean, you know, we have a great kitchen crew. It's just if there's any part of our business that's the toughest, it's people showing up late because their alarm didn't go off or their, their phone wasn't plugged in. So – but yeah. we have a great – like I said, I have a great kitchen team. But front of the house, you know, we've really not had – it. It's, it's, a, it's the strongest team of the front and the back, which we don't try to, like, separate the two. And I mean yes of course we love our staff I mean if you don't fit in if you're if you're not part of it, you don't stay
2: so like how much of the time are you guys there like do you guys work daily there or are you do you treat it more as management at this point or how involved do you guys we,
1: I mean we I mean obviously we're working all the time whether we're there or not but um, at least four days a week I mean three to four days a week we're there Whereas when we opened it was seven days a week.
2: Yeah, from know, open to close to close yeah.
1: for the first, you know, five years. But we just got to a point where it was like we gotta take care of our life. Like because it can consume you. I mean it can you know, it's tough. I mean it's a tough business. I mean it's every day is different. Every single day is something to a different challenge. You know, so we just got to a point where I mean I've got a good you know, a gentleman who runs the kitchen, who's amazing. We have two managers that help out in the front of the house. So, you know, we have people in place that allow us to not to be there from open to close every single day. So we're there, I mean, as much as we need to be, you know, but we, we like I said, we just got to a point where, like, we got to, like, take care of ourselves a little
2: bit right I don't know if this will help you in the back of the house but we had a gentleman on who was talking about maintaining uh employees and his little tidbit piece of advice was that he always would ask people you know like hey I know you're not gonna work here for forever like I get that but while you are here what would you like to learn like what is it you want to you know be able to take away from this at some point down the road. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a really cool concept to, to get people really vested in their jobs and getting them doing things that like, do they want to know how to purchase? Or do they want to know how to learn a certain skill in the kitchen? Or do they, you know, whatever that is. And I was like, huh, that's a really, you know, great thing. I'm going to have to hold on to that one because I agree with you. I, you know, I've definitely had businesses where having employees was a challenge and, you know, making it so that, their longevity was served because obviously it takes time to get people trained and do all of that. So the longer you can keep them around the better for everyone really.
1: Well, you know what we do is, I mean like me in the kitchen, when I do hire people, I tell them, I'm like, I want you to learn everything here in this kitchen. Like, you know, for you to make yourself, I mean, I don't, I, and I know they're not going to stay there forever. I mean, just like you said, but it's like, I want you to do eggs, do the flat top, expo, learn to order, learn to open. I mean, you know, you can do, you can learn as much as you possibly want. And, you know, and I kind of put it up to them, like, and I'll say to them, like, you know, why don't you learn to get with Ari and learn how to order? So, you know, we pretty much have that open Anyone in the front of the house. I mean, they, once they've been there long enough, they'll come to lease and be like, you know, I want to learn to do payroll or I want to, you know, help Evan do closing or i want to learn to be a server so we a lot of our people come in as busters in the front of the house they will start as busters and they work their way up they run the register you know they'll do the host answer and they'll at ultimately they'll like they'll end up being a manager i mean our our two managers both one was a food runner and now he's a manager in front of the house the other came in he just did the register and now he's a manager as well so you know we pretty much have that open policy of they can they can get out of home ground is whatever they want
2: that's awesome, which
1: makes them stay longer because they learn. They learn a lot, and you know, especially the young ones when they come on, that they're like, "This is all; it's all new to them, like the world of restaurant." And the next thing you know, they're, "I'm ready to start learning how to be a waiter."
2: Yeah, no, that's great. Which I mean, they all want to do anything we can do gets. to keep our employees happy. <laughs> right, right, right.
1: Yeah. And we do. I mean, and that, and, and probably the one thing that does get annoying for me is we are there to make their lives way better than it ever was for me or when I came up in this business. I mean, I worked for chefs who could care less my happiness. They could care less that of anything going on in my life. It was come in, do your job and go home. You know, they didn't want to get to know me where we, you know, we try to make a point of, you know, I mean, these people are, are running our life. Like I re- I'd rather know they're in a place that they're, they're welcome or, you know, we, we, that we care about them. You know, we, we try to show that as much as we can.
0: I think that's great. I think that um, the more time we can invest in our employees uh, because we don't do enough of it. And and we've had a few episodes that we've talked about it is we as food entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in general, even managers of businesses, we rarely invest in our employees beyond where it financially benefits the companies we work for or own and so to actually care about the employees I I love that you said it because we don't do enough of that I don't feel like and and really the reward at the end of the day for all of us is how much are we helping the people around us and you got to obviously have financial success to be in a position to help people in that way but so you don't have to worry about the business as much you can worry about helping the people to make sure the business is successful but I just I think that when you start off that way, even at the beginning, investing in the people that are working for you, that there's success in it, you're you're having those people say how great it is to work for you, so they're spreading the word to their friends, speaking a word of mouth. I think it's not only from a food and a customer standpoint, but it's also from an employee standpoint, because employees do talk to each other. Um, right,
1: and then for us, and what you're saying, when it comes, like, front of the house, for example... When we need new employees, they bring them on because they know what's expected. They know, you know, what the work environment's like. So, you know, to fill up when someone leaves for any reason, to fill, to fill, like I said, coming from the house is a lot easier. To fill that person is so easy. Like, it's not like we got to do a Craigslist ad or run ads. It It's like we're looking for a part-time or a full-time server. You know, they bring on who they want to work with, who is, you know, and who. Is gonna, who, know, who they know is going to fit right in to our system. And luckily, we've gotten to that point.
0: And, and I think it's so important. I think that, and that's the other thing, the other side of the business people don't see is that how much time we spend trying to hire employees if, if you have to run ads and stuff, where if it's just word of mouth and the next person's lined up and people want to work for you and there's that incentive um, beyond money, um, as as payment but it's also a great working environment it's also the ability to learn and grow as a human being that it makes life so much easier as an entrepreneur or a business owner and it's just something I really want to touch upon with people because it's some it's part of your culture and and you talk about business culture and we talk about you know what is the culture we form well culture is sort of, Grows on its own, but it's you know, we got to plant the right seeds in order for that to grow and and let it grow on its own. And doing what you're doing, I think, is hugely important. Um, and I also want to touch upon the success of your
1: business. Yep, go ahead. No, say, but the success of your business with what we do lies on to me, our staff. I mean, that's our face. I mean, when customers come in and you know that server has a friendly is is friendly and is is happy for that person to come in. I mean, it lets that customer feel a little more comfortable. I mean, you know, it's because Lisa and I. I mean, we can't be there all the time, and you know, it's very important that our staff is you know happy, positive, that want to be there. I mean, they're happy to be there. You know, and it, it it helps our business grow because our customers see you know, dang, these people work in a place that seems fun they're probably going to a job that's not fun is usually what i say like people that come there to eat they're on the way to a job they probably hate <laughs> yeah. you know,
0: well kevin and lisa i want to thank you guys so much for for being on the podcast and i definitely i love what you guys are saying and the message and and we're definitely going to have you guys back on because part of what we're trying to do here is tell the longevity story and and really just you know it's one thing to just take an, an hour to hour 15 minute blip of someone's life and and business but it's another one to see the experiences as they go and then as everyone gets more comfortable and and people become just invested in 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 what's going on and the lessons we can teach because some of it is as we do the podcast people are being reached out to and and conversations are occurring and their businesses are growing or they're helping people and we definitely want to bring them back on so i hope you guys will consider coming back on the show. you know, later this year and telling the story again um, in terms of other things we didn't cover during this podcast.
1: I mean, I mean, I I would love to. Like I said, I I just, I like to talk about it just in the fact that there might be one person that listens to this that needs just some advice and to know that, I mean, no matter where they are, I mean, they can reach out to, to me or to us, you know, and just ask, like, how'd you do it? Or, you know, can you just give me a little bit of advice on or tell me your story i mean much like we did so you know i just think getting the word out that you can do it and there are people that are out there to help is very important so you know i'm glad you reached out to us to even talk about this but you know i think it's very important for other i mean and it could be not even so much restaurant business i mean anybody want to open a business i mean it's got to be the same thing
0: so. Yeah, I will actually tell you when I was reaching out on uh, Instagram when we first started this idea, and I was literally had no, not a single podcast recorded, and I'm like, okay, this I'm brainstorming this, and I'm just, I didn't write a plan because Deborah would ask me, well, what about this and what about this? I'm like, I don't know, I'm just going for it, yeah. and one, um, and you guys were actually recommended by two people that I reached out. They're like, oh yeah, we're interested, but you should also reach out to Kevin at Homegrown. And because he's got the exact same thought process as you do in terms of giving back and and taking success and helping people. And um, so I wanted to give you props for that because I, I didn't give it earlier on the show. But I certainly think that credit's due there because people do recognize it. And people do recognize when people are helping them or invested in them or you know where they see friendship there and we talk about this in a few of the motivational mondays is you never know when you're helping someone but just the fact that you're willing to you never know when you make someone stay or you help them in some way and i think that you guys are doing that with people and um like i said the two people that recommended that i contact you guys um you know i felt that they felt that way so you know for sure uh, and from Deborah's and I standpoint, you know, Kevin and Lisa, you guys are doing a, a phenomenal job. And I think the way you're investing in your employees and in your community is, is amazing and staying true to yourselves. Um, and the comment of well, what? the restaurant well, is mean, an extension of your home. I think that's a huge message there.
1: Yeah, but it is, like I said, I mean, that, that, I mean, we wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, for us, it's, Yes, we go to work, but it's not like work. And when we go to we go there, we walk in, and it's like awesome. When we come home, it's the same thing. Like, it's just you know, I tell people that like you are just like sitting at my house. I
0: mean, the food would be just as good. And um, I don't know what happened there, but I think we may have lost you guys. But I just want to make sure that um, that I give everyone your location. Did you guys come back on? Yeah, I don't know what that was. It's okay. I can. But- I'll I'll cut it out so the audience will hear me say I'll cut it out, but they won't even know. <laughs> okay. So what do you want?
1: Like, um, yeah, we're at nine six eight Memorial Drive, Atlanta, Georgia three zero three one six. And one other thing, we do have a Pimento Cheese that's in grocery stores that we just started.
0: Oh, that that's we... fun. So tell us about a little bit about that real quick.
1: Yeah. Well, it was. You know, it's just that customer relations. We have a customer who would come in every morning. Um, His name's Donnie, and he works for a a local company called Gourmet Foods. And I remember I I got to know him. He was like, you know, you're probably not going to use anything, any product out of our company because it's all high end. I was like, hey, man, you never know. Well, anyway, I started ordering stuff from him. A lot of the stuff from – we order a lot of stuff from them. It's on our menu. Um, So then the whole company started coming in. And they were naming a cheese one day. They, what they do, they, they'll buy a cheese from a cheesemaker, say, in Wisconsin, and they'll purchase it and give it their own name. So they'll buy it, label it, and sell it. Um, I said, just in passing, why don't y'all do homegrown pimento cheese? Next thing you know, I'm hanging out with their chef, giving them my recipe. A year and a half goes by. It's on the shelves. Amazon, uh Fresh you know, something we would have never in 10 million years ever thought we'd ever do is to see something with our homegrown label in a grocery store. So, and that was all just customer relations. That's just randomly getting to know people from a company. like so I guess kind of thing is you just never, ever know
2: how things will happen. And, yeah, and like I you see said, you
0: have it in classic and jalapeno.
2: Yeah. So we have both. And like you said, it's, So people can find that on Amazon and in which grocery stores?
1: I mean, it's Amazon Fresh. I mean, there's
2: Kroger, there's Albertsons,
1: Cub. I mean, it's, you you have to just, if you look at, I mean, I don't even know a lot of the stores it's in. I mean, people will send me pictures. Oh, I'm in New Orleans. Look, it's in this little market. (laughs) That's Um, fun. My buddy in Louisiana was like, hey, look, my little grocery store. So it's, it could be anywhere. But I mean, it's our homegrown, you know, know, our logo. And it's it's a great product. We love it. it. You know but I'm saying? It's just it's something crazy that we would have, I mean, it's nothing we ever thought of doing. It just happened.
0: Well, and there lies the future for you. Most more than the, probably the brick and mortar and expanding the restaurants is you have all these good recipes, maybe, uh, expanding that, um, beyond the pimento cheese is as, as an opportunity there. Right. I love right. that actually. And, uh, it's funny because we, at, um, one side we talk about comfortability and then, You know, the real sign of success sometimes is the opportunities start to come on their own and where we don't have to put in a lot of extra work. And it's just something that we've already done and we don't know it and it comes out of nowhere. So I'm glad we talked about that for sure. And I'm definitely interested to to talk about that more on the next podcast, see how that's going. And Deborah, next time we're in uh, Georgia, we'll definitely eat uh, some of it because I know or try to find it here in Denver. Maybe it's here. As Albertson is also Safeway yeah. and stuff like that. So, and Kroger's is King Supers out good, here. So, uh, but if you
1: look on our website, if you look on our website, there's a link. Okay. That you can put in your uh, area code or zip code and it'll tell you if it's close to you.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Last time we bought pimento cheese, debrate ate the whole uh, thing in one sitting. So we'll have to see what happens. It's there true. You there you go. <laughs>
2: I had never had it before and someone was telling me about it. And so we picked some up when we were at Farmview and I was like, this is amazing. (laughs) Like it's, you know, living in Colorado my whole life, I had never heard of it. So I was like, Oh my God, delicious. So you all in Denver.
0: Uh, yeah, we're in Denver, but we're in uh, Georgia quite a bit. Um, just for work since we're, um, since we're working on the Milledgeville campus, they're trying to re, um, rehabilitate the old uh central state hospital commissary there
1: georgia college
0: yeah near there yeah near georgia yeah. college yeah it's the central state hospital so we spend a lot of time in georgia hence why the so many uh georgia companies and and relationships we have there
1: well, then you're definitely going to have to come home homegrown next time.
0: Yeah, we'll be in. I right. know. I
2: was just looking at a map trying to see if you guys are on our way to Milledgeville because we head there quite often. We fly in a lot of times every other week. But anyway, Atlanta. So, I'm sorry, what? You
1: fly into, we, we fly I mean, fly into the main.
2: Yeah, we fly opposite. into Atlanta. And so, you go then...
1: right, so you go right by the restaurant because you take 20?
0: <laughs> yep, 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 exactly. Yeah.
1: I mean, we're off. Yeah, you go right by the restaurant.
2: All right. Well, we might have to try to figure that out. We actually no have, have something coming up where we fly in late at night and have to drive in the morning, so we could maybe catch some breakfast.
0: Yeah, and we'll be there for the flavor of Georgia contest as well. So we have some days around there. We'll actually be staying in Atlanta for a few days uh for that. So
1: yeah, we did that a couple of years ago for the Pimento Cheese.
0: Oh, really. Yeah. that's awesome another one i gotta make sure i make note of that because i love doing the flavor of georgia weekends and stuff like that the, on the podcast and promoting the episodes
1: nice
0: well i wanted to thank you guys again especially taking the time and i I know we had to reschedule and stuff like that but i i really enjoy your episode and your guys story and, and everything like that and i can't wait to have you guys back on and we're definitely going to come chat more at at your location again i want to just tell the audience that's 968 memorial drive atlanta georgia and if if they want to call or or they want catering the numbers 404-222-0455 and again that phone number seems to be a lucky number there's three twos in it which is always a good good number and so uh kevin and lisa thank you again i can't tell you how much i appreciate it um, and anyone in the audience please stop by homegrown and 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 look at the menu and eat some of the food it looks ridiculous my mouth is watering just talking about it I'm having a little trouble okay. talking right now awesome and so um thank you thank you everyone and thank you for listening please share the podcast with people were we're out here we're, we're doing this and we're not pushing it and we're not we're just spending our time doing it and there's nothing in it for for deborah and us other than our time so i please share it those in the audience that listen in if you like what we're doing share it with your friends and your family and encourage them to share it if they like it because we're just trying to help people and and help people grow which we've talked a lot about on this episode so i just want to put that out there um i'm justin bizarre i'm the host and i think deborah and again i think kevin and lisa you guys were amazing and this is justin the food entrepreneurs podcast if you guys have any questions or you want to reach out to me i'm justin.bizarro at gmail.com that's bi double at gmail.com thank you and have a great day